1: Good afternoon Southern California. You are listening to Southern California Live here on KKLA 99.5 on your FM dial. I want to welcome everyone else as well that maybe you're listening all around the nation and the world through the KKLA website, iHeartRadio, ChristianRadio.net, or any other way you might be listening today. Maybe you're listening through coconuts or something out in the middle of the ocean. But anyway, we are glad that you're with us. My name's Ed Carlson, and I will be your host for the next couple days here on Southern California Live, and we are just going to jump right into the frying pan right now, and we're going to talk about the topic of abortion. As well as the current legislation that was just passed in Texas and other states that are quickly trying to implement it as well. An abortion law that uh, was passed in May uh, and is being implemented actually this month all throughout Texas has pro-choice advocates up in arms and just seething mad. In short, here's what the law states, that any unborn child—this is just a general statement. There's much more to it, but let me just kind of give it to you in the uh, layman's terms. In short, the law states that any unborn child six weeks and older with a heartbeat is protected under the law and cannot be aborted. Here's what uh, Governor Abbott said of Texas. He said, our creator endowed us with the right to life, and yet millions of children lose their right to life every year because of abortion. As Abbott said this in a bill signing ceremony, the legislature, he said, worked together on a bipartisan basis to pass a bill that I'm about to sign that ensures that the life of every unborn child who has a heartbeat will be saved from the ravages of abortion. The governor's signature comes just as the U.S. Supreme Court said it would hear a case concerning a Mississippi law that would ban most abortions after 15 weeks and which could lead to new limits on abortion rights. And it is the first major abortion case heard before the court's newly expanded conservative majority and could have far-reaching effects for Texas, where a pending bill would outlaw nearly all abortions if the Supreme Court overruled Roe v.ersus Wade. And I just want to stay, say this at the very front of this conversation. This is... This conversation on, on abortion as well as the conversation on the, the legislation that has, was just passed and is actually now being implemented, uh, actually was just implemented, I believe, this past week uh, here in September, um, I want to say this up front, and I, I make no bones about it, I make no apologies about it whatsoever, That um, so that everyone is clear, I am 100% pro-life. I am 100% for the life of the, what I call the not yet born. I believe that life is inherently precious because it was created by an almighty God that ultimately gets to make the decision whether someone lives or dies. I believe that life is sacred from the womb to the tomb. And the moment that a culture thinks otherwise, we will find ourselves with this predicament. And here's the predicament. If life is not sacred from the womb to the tomb, then no life is sacred at any point in its existence, which then leads to those who are in control dictating not only when life begins, but when life can end as well. And I want you just to think about that for a second. Those of you that are listening, I know it is a very convoluted topic, and we're going to be talking about it this hour. We've got a special guest that's going to be coming on shortly here at the back end of this first segment but before it gets too convoluted, I, I just want to just look at it on face value when we are talking about uh, abortion and, and and what has been the norm for our country and in many countries for that matter. but uh, And that is to have the right to be able to end the life of a child in the womb that has a heartbeat. And if no life is sacred, if, if, if life isn't sacred from the womb to the tomb, then no life is sacred at any point. And, and when we get to that point as a society— uh, then what happens is it leads to those that are in control dictating not only when life begins, which they're doing right now, but also could it not move then to when life can end as well? Now, the far left, there's a far left magazine, and it is, I say it's far left because it is. It's, there's no, uh, i not lying about it. It's far left magazine, a magazine called Salon. Maybe you've heard about it before. But they put out an article on Twitter, shortly after Texas passed the legislation, and they said this, and this is no joke. I know this is going to sound crazy, but this is exactly the heading on this article, and it said this: "When human life begins is a question of politics, not biology." I'm gonna read that one more time because I read it. I had to read it a second time because I was like, "Wait a second, did I read that right?" I, you, I, I did, and you heard it right: "When human life begins is a question of politics." Not biology. And I just want to scratch my head and say, what in the world are we talking about? What kind of world have we gotten to in a place where we think that that statement is even close to honest? That human life begins is a question of politics, not biology? See, here's the real truth, Salon, and the editors over there. Even according to doctors, human development begins at fertilization. That's not a Christian standpoint. That is a medical standpoint. It's a biological standpoint. Human development begins at fertilization, which is the process during which a male gamete or sperm unites with a fe- female gamete or ovum to form a single cell called a zygote. This highly, what, the, what, what, what science calls this highly specialized cell, marks the beginning of each of us as a unique individual. That's, that's science terminology. That's not Edge terminology. In fact, uh, doctors by the name of Keith Moore and Mark Torchia, uh wrote a book called Before We Are Born. These are medical doctors, and they said this in their book, Before We Are Born. There are different opinions of when an embryo becomes a human being because opinions are often affected by religious and personal views. The scientific answer is that the embryo is a human being from the time of fertilization because of its human chromosomal constitution. The zygote is the beginning of a developing. Listen, human. The zygote is the beginning of a developing human. That is from doctors Keith Moore and Mark Torchia in their book Before We Are Born. I think that's half of our problem in America. What we've been doing is we've uh, we've allowed politicians and other talking heads to dictate our version of sub, uh, their version. I'm sorry, their version of subjective truth, and so we've allowed them to to. Dictate their version of subjective truths, truths on the masses. And then everyone is just supposed to kind of get in gear and follow the subjective truth of whoever's in charge or whatever is being posted on social media. And their subjective truth of those who are in control or what we would call the elites of our society now begin to say, hey, listen, you need to get in line with our subjective truth because that's the way it goes. See, truth doesn't change according to my ability to stomach it emotionally. And I know that abortion is such a hot topic. In fact, it's so hot we're going to be talking about it this whole hour. And I know that even the, the Texas legislation is 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 a is a hot topic as well. And I know that the, the topic of abortion, when we start getting down to the the nitty gritty of it, begin talking about what abortion's about, like just on an emotional level and a mental level, it's so hard. to, to be able to think about the things that are done in an abortion process. But here's the reality. Truth doesn't change according to my ability to stomach it emotionally. Listen, truth will always come from the one who called himself the way, the truth, and the life. See, when truth becomes subjective and not objective from the Word of God, history tells us society will fall in short order. President Biden had a statement shortly after Texas signed into law the abortion ban, and he said this. He said the Texas law will significantly impair women's access to the health to care, to the health care that they need, particularly for communities of color and individuals with low income. I'm sorry, Mr. President. With all due respect, that is just patently false on all fronts. Let me, let me change the statement, Mr. President, to a true statement the Texas law will significantly impair a woman's ability to end the life of a not yet born human being. And for those that do not get pregnant and are low income and communities of color, they have access to free pregnancy clinics that far surpass, listen to this, that far surpass abortion clinics in their full wraparound assistance. And they also, these, these, uh, 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 free pregnancy clinics, they also have access to state government ran these people also have uh, access to state government ran subsidized insurance that is absolutely free. Well we have somebody else in our politics and the reason I'm I'm not a you know I'm not a big politics guy, this show is not about that, but we're talking about culture. And when we talk about culture, we talk about those that want to put their subjective beliefs onto a society and that begin to affect us, we got to take a look at the news, we gotta take a look at politics. And so a lot of things have been said about this Texas leg- legislation that is coming down the board because they know that the core of it, there is a big battle that's raging. There's a big battle that's raging over the life of a not-yet-born baby. And so what I want to do is I just gave you a statement from President Biden. I want to give you a statement from AOC, About the situation on the Texas legislation that was just done this past week.
2: I don't know if he is familiar with a menstruating person's body. In fact, I do know that he's not familiar with a woman with a a female or menstruating person's body, because if he did, he would know that you don't have six weeks. It's awful. And he speaks from such a place of deep deep ignorance that it, and it's not just ignorance it's ignorance that is that it's hurting people across this country
1: i want to say this i, I pray if not daily just about daily for our president for our congress people for our senators both federal and state and, and those that are out that are listening we need to do that we are called to do that biblically But AOC, let me me break this down for you. Crushing the skulls and tearing the limbs off kids is not health care. Think about this. Just in Texas, there are 164 pro-life pregnancy resource centers and only 18 abortion facilities. 164 pro-life pregnancy resource centers and only 18 abortion facilities. And I pray after this that those 18 abortion facilities also go out of business. Pregnancy resource centers offer free pregnancy testing, STI testing, ultrasounds, counseling, parenting classes, adoption aid, financial assistance, formula, diapers, clothing, and more. All for free. So stop with all the other pro—all the, all the pro-death advocates. Let's call it for what it is. You are for the right to allow an adult to end the life of a not-yet-born human being for the sake of convenience. I could go on forever on this topic because it's a huge one. It gets me passionate about it, this one thing, and and, I, and, and, and I, we're going we're gonna to keep going on this. But man, it, it begins to boil my blood a little bit because it's just a, such a huge topic and, I, and, no, and, and, and so close to the heart of God. But our next guest today is a good friend of mine. I want to get her on before we go to our first break because it's, we have so much to talk about. But our next guest today is a good friend of mine. I've been friends with her and her husband for at least 20 years. Our families have all vacationed together, ministered together. And I can tell you this, her along with her husband, Gary, are the real deal. So let me uh, let you all meet her. Amy Garcia is a wife, mom of three, and grandma of one. She is a worship director for her church, Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. Where her husband Gary is the lead pastor. Amy works with her local pregnancy clinic, uh, Horizon Pregnancy uh, Clinic, and is passionate about helping women in unplanned pregnancy. Amy, welcome to the show. Hey. It is so good to have you. Jamie, you, uh, you know, I, I, we know each other, so we, we just need to get right to it. You have an incredible and compelling story. Uh, I have heard it, but the rest of the world hasn't probably heard it. So I don't want to waste any time. And and before we go to our first break here in the next handful of minutes, I want to get the conversation started. So let's get right to it. Tell us your story about what happened in your life and what God's done in your life.
3: So I'm just going to give a real abridged version. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I was in high school. I was in high school. I was dating a a boy um, from my freshman year. Um, My junior year rolled around and I discovered that I was pregnant. Um, and I spent my junior year pregnant. At the end of that year, um, I had a, a beautiful baby boy. Um, the circumstances surrounding that pregnancy were were rough. They were hard because I was a teenager, obviously, and um, I didn't know what I was going to do. But I but I knew I wanted to keep this baby. I had grown up um, in in church. I had gone to church since I was about twelve, and I knew um, what was right and what was wrong regarding abortion, and I refused to have an abortion with this child, and so decided to keep this baby. Um, I go back to school. I am still dating the same guy, and um, I get pregnant again, and this time um, my world came crashing down. I was so ashamed, and I felt um, so burdened and so overwhelmed, and I just did not know how I was going to do it. Uh, my boyfriend did not want anything to do with this. Um, he had, uh, since my first child had been born, he was very uninvolved, um, was not supportive, was not there for me. I didn't even want to tell my parents because I knew um, how hard it was the first time. I knew they'd be even more disappointed. This time, I didn't trust that the maker of the universe would be on my side, leading me, helping me. And I chose abortion. Um, so my, I went in a, a, I aborted that child. I ended that pregnancy um, because I thought that I was preserving the life that I had. I thought that um, the choice that I was making was the best for me and and my son. And um, that was just a lie. It was just a lie from hell. And um, I kept that a secret for years and years, even after I was married to my husband. I didn't disclose that to him before we got married. And um, and then I heard some ads on the radio about a, an abortion recovery workshop. And the Lord had just been speaking to me nonstop all those years about um, healing and forgiveness and what I needed to do. And um, I went to an abortion recovery workshop. Um, Bible study, and that absolutely changed my life. Um, and before that, I, I decided to tell my husband after we had been married for five years, and then um, years after that, I told my family. So it was a really long healing process. It was a really um, uh, difficult one. It's not easy um, to walk through these things, but it's so, so worth it because God redeems every minute and he gives beauty for ashes, and he does amazing work in our lives when we are yielded to him when we're submitted to him. So um, so that's my story in a nutshell, so and good. I hope I didn't go over everything too fast. No,
1: no, no, no. We, we we got a lot of time, and, and we'll talk some more about it. I've got some questions that I want to want to give to you, and I know we're going to be taking some calls. Uh, I, I do want to open up the, the, the phone calls right now um, to have those of you that are out there that... Um, just this topic resounds with you and, and and maybe you are going through that situation right now that Amy talked about and, and you need somebody to talk to. You have some questions. Well, we want to talk about or maybe, uh, you know, maybe you have a story like Amy's that, that can encourage somebody. We want to hear from you. So uh, go ahead and give us a call. We're going to be taking calls all throughout um, this this whole hour. Uh, you can call us at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. Uh, which really comes out to eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. So give us a call and uh, we'll do our best to get you uh, on 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 air. Um, Amy, just real quickly before we go to our first break, uh, talk about we've talked about before, like the emotional stuff that just kind of hangs with you with regards when you, when you have an abortion and and even the, the length of that. Talk a little bit more, just for maybe a minute or two about that that piece because people don't think about that when they're going in they think it's okay this will help you know prolong the life that i want to have and so i'll just have this abortion it's not gonna be that big of a deal talk about that piece real quick
3: so the the choice to have an abortion or even just contemplating it is is yeah the actual going through with the abortion yeah Right, it's it's so so hard on um, on your emotions, especially as as a Christian. If you've been raised to believe that abortion is wrong, you have this uh, very firm baseline that you're working from, and so the guilt can be even greater. But I think for for all women, um, when they're going through that, there is some there is a check in their spirit, whether they know where it's from or not. So it's it's a really really heavy thing. In fact, 25% of all women have experienced abortion in the United States. So a quarter of the women in the United States have have experienced abortion. Those are the stats. And then 50% of women who have abortions self-identify as Christians. And so you think of that number, half of the women who have abortions self-identify as Christians. And so they're going in there with such a weight, and they're coming out of those abortion clinics riddled with guilt and unable to process this because it's a secret, unable to, um, to work through what it is to, to walk in forgiveness, what it is to know God. And so um, that was a super lonely time for me. Um, I, I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. Um, I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anyone. Um, and so there was depression associated with it, um, a, lot of, a, a lot of years of regretting my decision. And to this day, I, I regret that decision. Um, that's something that I will carry with me until I'm in heaven and I get to hold that baby. So yeah. um, it, it, it does carry with you. It does last your whole life. And um, there is forgiveness in the Lord. So um, that's right. the hope that we have.
1: That is so good. Amy, man, what, it's just a powerful story. I, and I've listened to the whole thing, like the, the extended version. Uh, it's just powerful. We have so much to talk about, guys. Uh, we are coming up against a break. But when we get back, we're going to be talking with Amy Garcia some more. We've got some questions that we're going to give out to her with regards to uh, the rape issue, the incest issue, the convenience issue. We're going to talk about that. But we're going to take your calls at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. This is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to Southern California Live.
3: Well, if Governor Abbott has a means of eliminating all rapists or all rape uh, from the United States, then there'd be bipartisan support for that. Uh, But given there has never in history of the country in the world been any leader who's ever been able to eliminate rape, eliminate rapists from our streets, it's even more imperative. It's one of the many reasons, I should say, not the only reason, why women in Texas should have access to health care. So it does not change our objectives, does not change our commitment. Uh, The Department of Justice, the Attorney General, announced a step on Monday. Uh, Our Department of Justice is continuing to look at legal options. Our Department of Health and Human Services is also continuing to look at all options. And the President has made clear uh, that it's a priority to do everything we can to ensure women in Texas have access to health care.
1: That's White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki commenting on the recent passing of the abortion ban in Texas. I I don't quite understand that any time a ban on abortion is mentioned, that proponents of abortion always bring up the rape situation. It's such a straw man argument. I know it's something to talk about and maybe question that people have, and, and, and we'll, we're going to actually even talk about that this segment. But it is such a straw man argument, and we'll talk about that here shortly with our guest Amy Garcia. But thank God for brave warriors like Governor Abbott and other uh, politicians that um, are trying to pave the way to make legislation like this happen in their own states um, and uh, to stand up for life of the not yet born. And if God, God's heart beats for certain things, I know it, it beats for certain things, and I know one of them is the precious life and soul that he created in the womb of women. And we, well, we have one of those brave warriors with us today on the show that has not only experienced the spiritual and emotional pain of abortion, but also the forgiveness and restoration that only Christ can bring. And now she is out there spreading the word to others about the sanctity of life and the love of God for those that are contemplating abortion. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Southern California Live. My name is Ed Carlson, and we are live from the KKLA studios here in Glendale. And that was a clip from. Um, uh, Jensaki, that we're getting to right now, but uh, we want you to give us a call at 888 52 Talks. That's 888 52 Talks. But I want to bring back on the show right now, Amy. Thanks again for joining us. Are you there?
2: Yep.
1: I'm here. Awesome. Did you get to hear the the audio clip from uh, the White House press? Okay. So let's just talk about that right there, right? Because (laughs) uh, you're the expert. So I'm just going to hand it to you. What about the rape issue?
3: Okay, well, you, you touched on it earlier, being pro-life from womb to tomb, pro-life in all circumstances, and um, when you hear uh, carriers of pregnancies that um, are a, a result of rape, when you hear them talking, um, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that they regretted keeping their child. It's a horrible mm. circumstance. We want to acknowledge that 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 was a horrible violation of the woman. And it, they, that person should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. But to punish the child is not the answer. That, that child is not a punishment. That child is not evil. And, and you, that child is just as much your child as any child you will ever have. Yeah. Um, there's an argument that the child will remind um, the mom of the rape or of the rapist. Um, they're going to remember that rape. They're going to remember that rapist for the rest of their life regardless. This child is an opportunity for healing. And I know it's hard for people to understand that and to see that. Um, But in that circumstance, like you said, it is a straw man argument. It's 1% of cases. Incest is 0.5% of cases. So these aren't the vast majority of cases that that are being dealt with. These are the very, um, th- these are few cases. But this child is an image bearer. And and if we hold that children are image bearers from the time of conception, there's absolutely no excuse to murder a child. Yes, so, absolutely that's my take on the, on the rape, um, issue. And, and again, I have the deepest compassion for those women who have been violated in that way. But I don't think to, um, bring more violence into the situation and killing this child is the answer.
1: Now, now you, you, you're what I would call the expert in the room right, right now. Right. So, uh, you are working with women, uh, all the time on a weekly basis, that are pregnant and some of them not wanting to keep the baby how many of them have you come into contact that had been raped none that's crazy to me right i mean and you've been doing uh, we'll talk about uh, your work with horizon in just a little bit but how long have you been have you been working or volunteering in in some some uh in some nature with with pregnancy Uh, clinics
3: at the pregnancy at the pregnancy clinic only a year so I can't see that I can't say that I've seen uh, a, a huge number of women, but i've seen I've seen a lot, and I haven't seen that case brought up once. Yeah, yeah so I we know it's out there, and we can't ignore sure. it yeah, absolutely but we do have to we do have to address it with love and I, the circumstances surrounding a person's conception doesn't diminish their worth as a human being. there you go. so we there cannot prescribe their whole life based on how they were conceived.
1: yeah, I mean, could you imagine just let's walk that out? I don't think a lot of people walk that out the, the, just the, the the principle of things, right if we begin to constitute life, that life is determined by how conception happened. Well, in that in that case, uh, then anybody can make up whether or not the baby that is in their womb is a, is, is a living being or not. I don't know if you saw the uh, there was a uh, I don't know if it would be considered an expose, but there was an expose that came out. It's the best word I can think of it right now. But uh, where somebody actually went into and, and they did it on purpose. Uh, that wasn't a real person uh, that actually had a a real child, but they were they went into an abortion clinic. Uh, asking because they were pregnant and they're having a boy, but they wanted a girl. And so, mm-hmm. and I might have seen this on liveaction.org. I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, which, by the way, for those that are listening, uh, go follow liveaction.org. They're, they're a great organization. They, they put out some fantastic stuff about, you know, pro-life stuff. Uh, but anyway, so they had asked the abortion, uh, the the person that was kind of doing the intake, uh, hey i'm having a girl, but I really want a boy, so i 'd really like to terminate this pregnancy so I can try and get an, I can't believe that that happens and and the actual intake person there said, "Yeah, oh yeah, we can do that and I just yeah, I'm, I'm well, blown out blown away
3: yeah in my in my personal experience when I went in uh to Planned Parenthood to have an abortion, they wouldn't show me the screen no. <laughs> they wouldn't let me see and it, and in fact, we're talking about this heartbeat law in Texas. Um, I saw an interview with an ultrasound tech for a pregnancy center, and she was saying that this law doesn't go far enough because Absolutely. we're actually relying on deceivers, to be honest. We're, we're relying on ultrasound techs within Planned Parenthood um, to, to tell us if there's a heartbeat or to tell us if there's a viable pregnancy when they actually don't have to show um, women that anyway. They can, they can show them any picture they want to. They don't have to find the heartbeat. Um, they can just say, Oh, I, I can't find
1: the heart. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, I, I'm whoever or whoever said this and I know you believe the same way. I, I mean I, I am I, I I'm glad that the uh, the Texas uh, passed this legislation, but I hey, I think it could have went even further. That's my take yeah. on it, you know. And so but but I'm happy about it, I'm you know, and all that good stuff. Um so let me um let me ask this. Uh, we got a couple of calls that are coming up right now, but let, let's talk about you. You mentioned a little bit earlier, but we're kind of in the same vein here: uh, incest. Um, mm-hmm. You said, "Well, give me the stats again, or give the audience the stats again."
3: Point five percent of abortions are due to incest.
1: So, what would you say to somebody that came to you and said, "Hey, you know, I'm pregnant, and it was, you know, it's it's a it's a matter of incest." What what would be your communication to them?
3: Again, a horrible horrible circumstance. And and much of incest is an older sibling taking advantage or coercing a younger sibling. Um, Horrible circumstance. But taking that life doesn't undo the abuse. Yes. And again, the circumstances surrounding conception don't diminish that person's worth. And we just have to Um, We just have to look at it that way. Those people are people. They can have a wonderful life. And that person, hopefully this pregnancy will be there out to get help. Um, But again, it's a horrible situation. But we have to stand on the truth that they are image bearers, that they are worthy of life, that their right to life is protected by our Constitution and uh, there there is no laws that that actually um the, the constitution wasn't actually upheld by Roe v Wade That's there's right. nothing in the constitution that says a woman has a right to abortion which is the whole convoluted argument um around this so and it was it was five men who decided that Roe v Wade was was going to be the law of the land
1: so yeah, it's, it's so, so good.
3: Deception.
1: Yeah, no, it's so good. I, I, you know, I think that we're operating in our country and around the world. Really, we're we're operating. People are making their uh, these huge moral decisions based on false narratives. Like mm-hmm. they're not even operating with the truth. Like, and it's I know that's part of one of the systems of this world that's how this world operates the bible talked about it talks about it that that we there's the world operates in falsity it's just it is what it is but it just drives me absolutely batty that we actually um these people making these decisions on life, the life of the not yet born are, you know, man, you're making, they're making it on on, on It's a false narrative. Well, we have calls that are coming up. We've got two that are sitting right here waiting for us. And we're going to get to those at the very, on our very next segment. So hang on with us. We've got our Linda in LA. We've got some other ones that are, are there and have some stories that you want to share. And we're going to allow Amy to uh, answer some of these questions that are on there because she is the expert on this. But uh, we thank you so much for listening to us. When we get back, we're going to be continuing this conversation on abortion we're going to be talking as well I want to talk to Amy about the convenience issue because that is probably the bigger issue when people are going for abortions but we're going to talk about that we're going to take your calls you are listening to KKLA 99.5 this is Ed Carlson you're listening to Southern California Live welcome back everyone Thank you so much for joining us here on Southern California Live. It has been a pleasure, uh, very big pleasure to be with you today as we have talked about just two very big topics and uh, I want to get back to uh, Amy in just a little bit, but I do want to bring this before we go to the calls. We have a few calls that are are sitting there waiting for us and we're going to get to you right now. But just this past week, just to let the audience know and just an interesting tidbit here uh, on where our world is at with regard to this topic of abortion, just this week, Google, at the demand of abortion activists, banned all of Live Action's abortion pill reversal ads. Live Action uh, is a one of the largest uh, nonprofit uh, pro-life uh, organizations out there. They banned all of Live Action's abortion pill reversal ads. The ads had been approved by Google and running for over four months, and the organization had spent about a hun- over $170,000 directing thousands of women to the abortion pill reversal hotline. While allowing the abortion pill and the next day abortion appointment ads on Google, they have banned Live Action, the world's largest pro life organization, from running any ads to truly help women. So, if you don't think the world, that this culture and its secular leaders are not pro death and for abortion uh, and, and for death of the not yet born, it's time to wake up, America. Uh, they are. Uh, I want to go real quickly to Erlinda from LA. She's been waiting for a while uh erlinda you just you got a just a couple uh couple minutes here i, I see that you uh, have a story here we'd love to hear it and i uh, would love for amy to respond to it so give us your story thank you for calling uh
4: yes um i i was explaining that i was gang raped when i was 19 but this is oh, wow. back in uh, like 67 68 oh, wow. and uh you know i was 19 i didn't even understand my body and uh after the shame and all of that um my i finally told my mom what happened and uh she she arranged a d and c which i i didn't understand all of that you know back then uh, we i didn't my mother never even talked to me about having sex, so i didn't know nothing so anyway then later on i i i became a nurse i studied for nursing and i became an l d n and I worked in, uh, actually they were having therapeutic abortions in these clinics. And, uh, when, when you're in nursing, they tell you you're supposed to leave your, all your morals and everything at the door and, and, and not, uh, condemn anybody. And I understood that. But, uh, I saw that so easy. Then I had to, I was called in one day, uh, because no one could work on that Saturday. And I actually saw an abortion and I gasped, and the and the doctor just said, "Turn your head, Linda. Turn your head." But to me, that just has marked my life. And now, and I became a Christian. That saved me from heroin and all kinds of things in 1976. And it's been a journey. The the trauma from from the rape affected my life, but uh, I did have a child and out of wedlock and um uh i abortion to me is is just so so insane because no one really understands what actually is done to that human being i saw pieces that that just Mm. shocked me shocked me and 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 I, i was very young maybe 20 21
1: yeah. Linda, I, I, man, thank you so much for being so uh, honest and transparent and sharing that with us. Uh, I am so sorry that you experienced that in your life, but thank you uh, for calling and giving us that story. I, I am sure that that helped out tremendous folks, and we will talk to you very soon. Amy, respond to that real quick. We have some other calls that we're going to get to right now, but respond to us uh, with regards to what she said, like this the concept, like maybe initially it doesn't really affect you too much, but then later on in life, it does.
3: Right. So I think the, the more we come into the knowledge of of the things we've done, they're going to affect us more. And so she had a real awakening experience um, when she saw that abortion. And uh, it's very similar to Abby Johnson's story. And I don't know if you've ever looked into Abby yes. Johnson, yeah. um, but the, the movie Unplanned was about her. And she has a huge platform in the pro-life movement. And um, she really stood on... <laughs> that uh, abortion is healthcare, Planned Parenthood is healthcare. And then when she saw an actual abortion, her mind was completely changed. And uh, I think that happens, I I think that happens more often than not, that we are in the dark about a lot of things, and we do think that this is people around us are telling us this is the best choice for you, Um, you'll still be able to pursue your career and all these things that we want, Um, especially parents driving um, young girls in this direction. Um, but to come to terms with it later in life and have to deal with it at that point, um, that's where things like Forgiven and Set Free and these abortion recovery Bible studies really help women to heal and to find a place for conversation and to find a place um, to to find healing.
1: Yeah, amen. So good. Well, Linda, Linda, thank you so much. We're going to go to Marina on line two from Riverside. Uh, Marina, you have a situation that you want to talk about. Uh, Let us know what's going on.
2: Um, so
5: I was a teen mom and I got pregnant at 18 and my mom tried to force me into an abortion and, um, I chose life for my daughter. I'm now 22 and, um, I'm married to the father of my child. He wasn't really involved. I was a single mom for two and a half years. And, um, after we got married, God just really broke my heart about abortion. And he called me out to the abortion clinic that my mom would have taken me to, to abort my daughter. And um, I became a sidewalk counselor there. And just two weeks ago, I intercepted a almost five-month pregnant woman. And um, she, when I took her to the PRC, she told us that when she asked Planned Parenthood, why is my belly so big? Is my baby going to fill this? And um, Planned Parenthood told her that she was more sacked than fetus. And um, the PRC ultrasound tech said, did they do an ultrasound? How would they even know that? And she said, no, they didn't do an ultrasound. When I asked her how big my baby was, she said, um, the fetus is um, can fit in the palm of your hand. And the ultrasound tech said, maybe a 12-weeker, but you're 18, almost 19 weeks along. And we're seeing more and more lives come from parent, um, Planned Parenthood when we're out there on the sidewalk. And we're, we we've been seeing a lot of women overturn and come to us and, and take our resources and we walk alongside them and basically just two weeks ago we saw six women choose life in one day.
1: Wow that's a, uh, Marina wow. I think you're doing a great job. Uh, uh, Amy what do you want to say to Marina?
3: Uh, Planned Parenthood's a business and they m- make a, a ton of money off of uh, women who are in crisis situations, um, they're going to tell you what they want you to hear in order for you to use their services. So even even uh, birth control is part of the strategy of getting um, teens to come back uh, with failed birth control because they're not taking it consistently. They know the statistics about women getting pregnant on birth control, especially inconsistent usage. So it, it's very strategic. They're very smart and um, and I've heard a lot of women come come into the clinic uh that had already visited Planned Parenthood or who had called Planned Parenthood. They were treated very rudely. <laughs> Um, they were treated like this is a business transaction, and um, when they when they come to the clinic, it's a completely different story. They're treated with warmth, um, with hope. Um, they're given uh, they're, they're explained their options. Um, it's just, it's a totally different experience. So what you're doing out there, um, in in talking to those women who are either coming out or going in, that's a that's a really brave thing to do, and and a really awesome way to to spread hope.
1: Marina, thank you so much for what you're doing. Keep doing that sidewalk counseling. That is incredible. We thank you so much. But we want to go real quick. We got another call uh, from Erin in Huntington Beach, from my home, my neck of the woods right in Huntington Beach. Carolyn, um, hi. how are you doing? We got just a couple minutes, so we got to make it quick. But uh, tell us a little bit uh, uh, what you called for.
2: Yeah, I have just a quick comment. The thought that kept coming was that, you know, um, abortion is an act of violence. That the woman will have a trauma to deal with. Um, of course, post-abortion trauma is real. It's um, it's really interesting that it's not a bigger medically accepted thing because the symptoms and the um, behaviors all link back to it. Just show that while rape and incest are very unrighteous, of course that causes a trauma. That abortion just adds another violent act that the woman and the baby now are two victims of the violence.
5: Yeah, And And so Mm. sometimes
2: they make it seem like, well, they always make it seem like it's the solution. It's the way out when actually it's just adding a deeper layer now to deal with.
1: Yeah. Carolyn, that is so good. Carolyn, I thank you so much. That is absolutely uh, the case. And uh, we've been talking about that. Carolyn, call back anytime. We'd love to hear more. Um, Amy, the next 30 seconds, give us your final thoughts. Um, such, a, such a powerful topic. we could talk about this days on end, and we'll definitely have you back and would love to have some more conversation around this. But give us some final thoughts to those that are listening out there.
3: Well, I know um, I know your listeners are probably looking for ways to get involved. How do they make a difference? Um, you need to, to get involved in your local pregnancy centers by donating, by volunteering, by fundraising, um, follow accounts live, live action org um, on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, you can go to their website. They're a really great resource for education. Um, you could follow NIFLA, Heartbeat International. Um, find your local pregnancy center and get involved with them. There's, they have so many ways that you can help out. But like you said, they provide so many resources to women who are in need. Um, another one is Students for Life. Um, Uh, Amy Ford at Embrace Grace, Uh, there's a resource, uh, uh, an Instagram page called Choice for Two. um, And you would just spell out those numbers, Choice for Two, at Choice for Two. And they have some amazing videos that they've put out that can really illustrate um, the abortion movement in our time. So get involved. um, Put your money behind it. Put your votes behind it, um, it, it and it, sh- it shouldn't be an issue that only comes up for you every four years. It should be something that is close to your heart because it's close to the heart of God. Human life is is special.
1: Amen. Thank you, Amy, so much for joining us. I will talk to you soon. Again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, and we'll talk to you soon.
3: Thank you. This is awesome.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure being with you today. I look forward to spending another day with you guys tomorrow here on Southern California Live as we lift Jesus higher and tackle the topics that the world needs to hear from a biblical perspective. This is Ed Carlson. Until tomorrow, you're listening to 99.5 KKLA.